I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, everyone. Just some shameless self-promotion to start off the podcast. A bookish comedy show is in its final week at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. So if you want to see it at Storyville, grab tickets before April 10th. You can buy them online and I would love to see you there. Now on to the show. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures and ghosts. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George DiMorellis. This is a show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you? Today on the show we have comedian Jared Goundry. How you doing, Jared? Thank you very much for having me. Um, sitting in your beautiful apartment in South Yarra. Absolutely gorgeous. You've got one of the world's biggest TV to lounge room ratios I've seen in a long time. I mean, it's absolutely massive and um, yeah, I'm really happy for you that you've done that. Um, thank you for being happy for me. I, <laughs> look, like I said, it's yes, it is quite large for the room, but once you sit there, you're like, okay, it could be bigger. Really? I mean, if you're going to enjoy the narrative that is proper cinema and storytelling, you might as well do it to the extreme. You know, because I always pick particular films that I'll go see in the cinema because I think it's worthy to tell that story. You know, like I just recently saw Batman. We're not going to go into that too much. But I was like, I'm really glad I saw this at the cinema. All the decisions that they've made on framing and setting and just like filling the room full of like extras and all of that stuff that the behind the scenes people do really needs just a big screen. And I was really appreciative that I've done that. So if you've got that in your lounge room, then it just... Well, not that's what I mean. Not yet. <laughs> you got to go bigger. I've got to go bigger. Well, I mean, I would be happy with that. But. Yeah, look, I'm happy with it. But, you know, just, just yeah, I can still see my peripheral vision isn't full yet. So <laughs> but let's, we're not here to talk about Batman. So I guess we'll fill in a whole stuff about, about you. Yeah, your comedy career and stuff. Like that, and you've got a very interesting history. I think that will be very fun to talk about. Yeah. But let's start off with your book of choice and jump around from there. Well, it's, it's the most recent book that I've read, which is uh, when, when we were discussing about, because I've been a reader for, you know, my entire life. And to pick sort of a book was hard. And when you said, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? This is what it's about. Um, it's about a book. I'm like, well, I'm actually just kind of midway into this meaty sort of book at the moment. So the book Sapiens. Hmm. By Yuval Noah Hariri. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, that's, I don't really take notice of authors too much in the nonfiction realm. In fiction, I'm, I sort of fanboy around them, but I feel like in nonfiction, they don't get the pedestal 
that's crazy. Is, yeah, but because they've done more work. Yeah, kind of. Like, I think, it, maybe, I'm not sure. They had to research, whereas the other people just made it up. I don't know if that's more or less work. But, but, I, but I do think, like, as in, one, it's important that they're reputable. Like, in terms so of... So important. What doesn't matter at all what they I would, are like. I would be spewing if I wrote a book and someone read it and was like, enjoying it so much and telling other people about it. They're like, oh, who wrote it? And they're like, I got no idea. <laughs> would, but then the money would comfort me, I guess. It's what the only book I think that's really shaken me emotionally in my unimportance in the world. Now, I'm a history fanatic. I have researched history since I was 10. Um, I'm in no way, shape or form a historian. I am just a sort of a, a fangirl of history and everything that's come before me. And if history was the iPhone, then this book is about the packaging. Like this book is like the box and it is like human history at 80,000 feet. It is so upsetting. The fact that they are talking about sort of me on a species level and the time frame of this book it starts around sort of 100,000 years ago to present day and then leaves it open to be like, well, what's next? Isn't that sad? Why? On the spectrum <laughs> of time, right? I think I'm pretty important now sometimes. But then there was someone like me 80,000 years ago that had the same concept, right? That they meant something. And I don't know if we do which is super liberating and also like confronting. And it's really beautiful in a way. This book has been, oh, it's just to look at the mundane of the species just kind of getting to where we are now is like, how do you feel about it? I feel like that's a very specific way of looking at the whole thing because I do think it strips away any external meaning that you want to supply to it all. It really like it by breaking it down to its most like scientific, I don't even know it's not really that word, but that is the word like it's in, it it's removes, macro. Yeah, it's macro. So it removes, it just treats it like everything we're doing from the point of view of survival mm -hmm. and like stuff like that, rather than from the point of view of like it meaning anything. Mm. So like, I mean, it goes into quite a lot about how every institution is just made up and invented in. It's one of the big sort of takeaways for me, sorry, was the, I think they called it sort of the belief in common myths, like money and religion were the two standouts for me. And money doesn't exist, but it does as long as we all think it exists and it does exist when we think it exists. But if we don't, then it collapses and then a lot of other things exist like pain and suffering and all that sort of business. Like I will, I'll give you an example. I used to be in the military. I was part of a UN mission to a country called East Timor. And what happened over there is they had a government sort of coup and then they ran out of money, their economy collapsed. And in a couple of weeks, they couldn't pay anyone. So they couldn't pay any emergency services. So they immediately went, well, I'm going to go home. And then there wasn't any police. So when there's no police, you can just do whatever you want. So everyone's broke and there's no consequences. And within like six to eight weeks, the whole like just wound back the clock like 10,000 years. It was insane. It was absolutely was there. gorgeous. It was like, well, it was gorgeous. I, we came in afterwards to fix it up. It was no, it was like that could happen anywhere. Blown away by your use of the word gorgeous. But yeah, that could happen anywhere. Yeah. Couldn't it? Like I look at what happened um, pandemic and like condense that into a week. Right. If you just go through all of the feelings and the emotions and the, because what happened over there is people didn't have any money. Money didn't mean anything. So then all of a sudden you start taking stuff from other people. And then when you start taking stuff from other people, those people would want to protect that stuff. So then they use violence and then that violence makes like a 
you know, like a blood sort of rivalry. And it, it took like 10 years to fix something that happened in weeks. And was it, was it just weeks of the yeah, breakdown? There's so much bad blood. Like in that time, everyone burnt their places to the ground. Like it was, there was homelessness. There was just no economy. You know, you think every sort of democratic place has problems with their economy, but they didn't have one. They had to be reinstalled. And I, like, I always looked at that. It didn't took me like 10 years later to even figure out like what happened. And I still don't know, but it's like, that's humans. That is humans, right? Yeah. And we go fast forward and we go, oh, look, there's a bit of a spicy flu around people. Not you and me. We're obviously clever. But like a portion of society went kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's who we are. And I think we will never escape that. And this book looks at sort of like from animals to the, I think they called it the cognitive revolution, which is the sort of the big breakout of being like, oh, we can do stuff, which took so long. I mean, when you look at dates, it's easy to look at like, you know, 10,000 BC to 20,000 BC. You're like, oh, that's pretty close. It's like, no, it's not. Like think of 10,000 years back from where we are now is huge, right? But like in that time, they're like, yeah, and they found a bit of metal. It's like, that's a lot of generations kind of treading water, slowly just having a chat slowly remembering things they're like we should write this down they're like what does that mean they're like i don't know we should invent that first because we are talking on a microphone into a computer about a book that someone has written about our own species from the start that was not possible a hundred years ago and like people were barely literate a couple of hundred years ago right so i look at this and i go well fuck like in the entire spectrum of society We're doing stuff now that people in 500 years will think is absolutely outrageous. And we don't know what that is because we're just doing our best, right? I think it's probably going to be in the sort of mental health realm, I would think. I mean, money won't even be obsolete. I think if I'm going to make a prediction from now, because it's obvious already, it'll be eating meat. 100%. I think think that's very good. I think that is a very, very good observation. Yeah, We're just doing mass torture. Yeah, yeah, I think once the uh, price changes, I think what's happened in the vegan realm in the last 10 years is incredible. But when that capitalism really takes that on board and goes, hey, we've found a really cheap way to do all of these things, the mindset will change. Yeah, I don't know. At some stage and point in time, everything's got to change. At some point in time, the Coliseum was winding up and there would have been like a group of hardcore fans have been like, what do you mean? Like, it's fine. This game's gone soft. Like, we can't kill people anymore. Like, and it's like, it's always changing. Bloody, exactly. Well, can we just have them? But like there's blood rule and it's... I, so I find packaging myself into that entire thing really confronting. Like, because I'll probably... I mean, it's more than likely I will be not be remembered. I think that's inevitable, which is fine. Because if you believe that we're just all in the species and there's no afterlife, then what are you doing anyway? But then, yeah, so this whole book's like shook my entire... Oh my God, it feels like this book introduced you to nihilism. <laughs> I don't want to say that word around people. I don't want to be at the pub being like, well, nihilism, because every time <laughs> someone does that to me, I'm like, get out of it. No, oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't resist just saying this fun fact as well when you talk about the Colosseum um, and about how like it changed over time, because sometimes you can have too much faith in people as well, because one of the examples I think of is the public executions were only cancelled because people in power were like, 
getting more, at least in when it first started being considered bad, that was because of um, the spread of teachings where people were like, this is bad. So the actual people in charge were the ones who said, you know what, this is morally wrong. So we're going to stop it. But the whole time the public never was against public education. Oh, the mob would have loved they it. Stopped, like, literally, it wasn't like an increasing of values of everyone. It was just a top down. We can't do this anymore. And everyone was like, up to the last second, the public was like, what? Come on, we love this. Try put your mind into like 200 years ago. Okay. And there's going to be a hanging. It's Saturday. We've been working all oh, week. Mate. Flat out, hard it's as. Some opposite religion person. Oh, delicious. <laughs> a Protestant. Yum. Ah. And, and so Friday afternoon, they're like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm, I'm going to go get a couple of drinks and go down to the hanging. Are you keen? And I'm like, probably, absolutely. Yeah. Like, if I can hit that guy or woman with a tomato, like I'm telling everyone about that at yeah. the tanning place the next week. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'd be into that, yeah, I yeah. think. No, no, you definitely because it's like it's just spectacle, and you're just removing. You think the person's deserves it, yeah. So it's it's good spectacle. You're like, yeah. Also, I can't read, so I don't have stories. I missed out on the last execution. I heard about. I was like, oh, I had FOMO. On, I well, when I was a kid, all I wanted to be was a knight. Oh, I was almost a knight. Yeah, I could close my eyes. I could swing a stick around in the backyard, and I was as good as a knight. My imagination was amazing. Okay, I'm very happy about that. As I get older, I read about knights and I'm like, oh, these guys are rich kids. If I went back then, I wouldn't be a knight. I would be at best the guy that puts the knight's armor on and then he slaps me if I sort of like get his hair in it a bit. Yeah. Now you need cash to be a knight. Oh, they were training like, and stuff. That horse is like equivalent of a Lexus. You yeah. Know? And it's just, <laughs> like I'd be the guy, you know, the, they throw the chamber pot out the window. Best case scenario, I'm who it lands on. It's just depressing and it's just... Where are we in the spectrum of the whole thing, George? Now? Mm. Oh, we're pretty good now, I reckon. I well, I wouldn't want to live in any other time but now. Yeah. It would 100%. be difficult to get along with anyone that isn't from now. Oh, uh, like I don't know about that. I think people, I actually have a view that the general makeup of people is quite similar across the centuries. So like the society changes for them. So like a progressive person 200 years ago versus a progressive person now is obviously completely different. Yes. But they've got the same personality traits of wanting to do the right thing and trying to be on that edge of the spectrum. So like a lot of their personality traits would actually be quite similar, even mm. though the baseline, which is like, you're like, oh, eating meat is bad. They're like, killing your friend is bad. Like, in, so like a lefty in the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah. Your Roman Empire is like, like look, at least knock them out before you kill the people in the stadium. Yeah, like, crucifixion, like, weird. Like, yeah. yeah, you can hear them scream. Why don't we just dip them in tar? Like it's much better so or like something like that. So yeah, so basically their outlook's actually quite similar in a weird way. It's just in this much more, the society has molded it into the version that it is there. But I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't spend most of my time just vibing over someone's extreme political views anyway. So. No, I don't. I struggle with the entire thing because I know, you know that I watched my um, grandparents recently try and send an email and um, I felt for them, you know, because they were kind of, they were borderline really shit at it. You patronizing? Right. And these people, like my granddad came back from a war and sort of like built a place with his mates and then had heaps of kids. Like he's done stuff and now he's not equipped for this world. It's moved past him. What is that technological sort of like development for you and I that we're not going to be able to keep up with? Okay, okay, okay. I really, <laughs> really need to like firstly... The world's moved past him. And what's that for us? It already sounds like your actual concern is for yourself rather than your yes, grandpa. definitely. And secondly, he's still getting by. He's all right. You're the one. See, where, didn't you learn this from Sapiens? You're attaching value to sending an email. What are you doing? The, the world's already gone by. Has it or has it not? 
but you're so you think it's just because you're just with your own kind as in like that social group so what's can, going by you can still get along with your friends you can hang out you can do what you want there's stuff in there you don't understand. You don't understand probably, I'm sure, some things now in technology. Some there's actually, the there's a lot I don't there's understand. A lot. I don't know what your view is on crypto, but like that's a complicated sort of stuff. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know how the satellite works. People, I know it does. Anyone who talks to me about crypto, I automatically kind of think it's a conspiracy. That's right. how far I'm not. It, it I've is, already started. It, yeah. yeah is it? Do you know uh, anything about it? Everything. It's, yeah, it's a racket, top to bottom. Is it one of those things that you got to get into early? Getting too early because it's a Ponzi scheme. So, and the only plus side now, getting in now, is that it's a Ponzi scheme that's got a lot of money in it. So, it could go for a while. Because, like I said, tulip mania, when all the tulips became inflated, ridiculous, you're never going to make more money than being out just before the bubble pops. So, as long as you get in before the bubble pops and get out before the bubble pops, then you're good. Then you're good. But guess what? You can't predict it and you're probably going to get screwed. And also, the flaw to crypto is because you can pay to get out faster if it collapses the rich can get out faster than you regardless of how well you've positioned. So you have to get out like extra early because you can pay in this blockchain to get your stuff done faster. So if you've got the cash, the capital, you can just move your thing quicker. So, yeah. Do you think money is real? What, what are you talking about? The whole thing, right? So aliens come down tomorrow and they're like, we don't know where you are. We got lost. What are you guys doing here? And they're like, hey, we got like this climate crisis. And they're like, that's good. You've, you've hit that point. That's a good mark. You know, you'll get past that. Don't worry about it. Um, and they're like, we've got money. And they're like, fuck, the hell is that? And they're like, we just exchange stuff for goods and services. They're like, cool, we got that. And then we got interest rates. And they're like, fuck, like, is it real? Is it even a thing? I mean, the analogy really didn't help highlight the point because it's exactly like it says in the book. It, that's why he invented a term, which I actually quite respect, which is like, you've got objective reality and you've got subjective reality. Yes. And then you've got intersubjective reality, yes. which is made up things that are made real by the fact that they exist in our brains. Mm. And th that can be mind blowing because um, have you read uh, The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins? Oh, no, but I love Richard Dawkins a lot. Yeah. You get me and Richard Dawkins on YouTube. Oof, yeah. there is, I go deep. Certain stuff I agree with him, but other stuff not so much. When it comes to anything based on science, he is, I love him so much. Outside of that, I feel like he's gone to be crazy in the last couple of years. Do you but, think uh, that's power? I think it's the worst parts of yourself getting indulged and you not getting corrected for it. So, yeah, like, okay. Like if an you've echo got certain chamber. views that are a little bit like that, and then all of a sudden the people around you benefit from you having that view, then they can really shield you from maybe seeing other views as well. So it can actually benefit. And of course, you've got the classic, if you've just got enough money and intelligence, you can sometimes fall into holes, which can be very confusing from the outside. Let's go back 400 years. Do you think you would be okay being born into like a... Monarchy. A, yeah. And do you think from a young age, getting handed the keys to that Ferrari that you would crash it or you would not? That's a, what are these questions? Is it, you, you have, <laughs> I'm interested in, in your own, like, how would you go with the ultimate power? But like, if that happened, I wouldn't be me. I'd be that person. Who would that person be? I don't know. Because it's not them, man. Come on. Me. It's like, because then if you got born in another place at another time, you're going to have different stuff. To, like, you'll be similar. For me, I, to be honest, I probably would struggle because I don't think I have the conniving to do well in a monarchist Good. system. Good, because, I like uh, this. So you think you're too... I think I'm more keen pure? in kicking back. Yeah, okay. So like, if I was like, oh, I've got all this power and stuff, I'd be like, perfect. Let's just make sure everything's okay. But I don't want to be busy. <laughs> sure. But <laughs> then other rivals would things. eat away at your territory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's my, I don't have the grand ambition in that sense, I think, because I'd much rather like read some books. This is why I think comedians are the best people because we are what a sweet no, what, the what best, a useful we, thing to think the best people because you know how like rock stars will eventually like sort of die sexually. 
because they can't like they do a big show and it's amazing. That's why Vladimir Putin's insane because you give me a billion dollars and then let everyone say yes for a year, I'm automatically worse as a person. Times that by 20 years and I'm insane, right? And then you give me sort of like an aging sort of military with like weird territorial ambitions and I am having a party. But I think comedians, we are always sort of shackled by our material that we can't, it humbles us as we go along. So we can't ever get too crazy. I mean... There's no way that you have thought this through, surely. Because like, no, no, matter, no matter your stance, there's definitely a comedian that you would consider crazy right now. Whether you're like left or right or not caring and neutral, any of those stances, there is a comedian who right now is a crazy version of one of them to you, surely. E.G.? Like as in if you want to go the right wing sort of stuff where people start going deep off that end. Mm. So It's a funny deep end though, that one. It entertains exactly. me. It entertains, yeah. yeah. So you always got that. And then you got like, I'm trying to think of an example Left-leaning is harder because I have a very specific view of what left is and most people aren't left anyway. They just say they are. Explain. People like to think it's a... Do you think it's a trend? I think economics aren't treated with the seriousness of what leftism really is rather than like the more other features, which are super important. But I always think that uh, the class structure side of things isn't appreciated. Whilst also understanding the importance of economics and the importance of finance and how that is tied into society. So like trying to balance those two in your head where you're like, this is bad, but also I can see why it's needed and how it is necessary for certain things. Do you think it's like punk rock where like other people that are punk rock don't look down on other people that aren't punk rock enough? So like if you're like ultra left and then you see someone that is kind of left, but isn't left enough for you, you kind of like attack them? That does happen a lot with the left, it looks like. Does it? I don't do that, but it's a case. Sometimes that's an understandable mistake because sometimes people think that they're part of the cause, but they're actually like the opposite. And the problem with left is comes with a inherent, especially now, there's a more obvious smugness. I think actually the right is way more smug than people realize because they're just completely close-minded to things and they yeah. don't realize that that's smug in the most, the worst smug. sense. Yeah. yeah, so they glory in not being intelligent weirdly enough. But then they love people who have the trappings of intelligence who aren't actually that smart either. So it's very strange. Do you very think confusing. people that say I'm in the middle are actually on the right? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. no, it's because they don't even understand what that is. Yeah. yeah. Like which middle of where? They're like, oh, I sort of sit, sit in the middle, which means, you know, you, you want to be like, oh, I like progress, but I still want to do the funny accent. You know, <laughs> like I think <laughs> that's... That's it, right? Look, that sums me up too, to be honest. That one, I think we all want to do the funny accent. What these people don't realize is that if we get progressive enough, you can do funny accents again. The reason you can't do it right now is because we're not there. Oh, so you're thinking... All we need to do is be fully equal in every way. Look, you can do any white guy accent right now. No one cares. You can do a Greek accent. No one cares. Yeah, true. So if we just get progressive enough where everyone's equal, then you can do all the accents again. So you think in 300 years, we will be able to do all the accents again? Do you think I will be, as a, as a white person in 300 years, I could do like a full Chinese accent? Look, I'll be honest, you're pretty white. I'm super like, white. You're pretty white. Like it'll be me first, then you, I think. In terms oh, of- so I get it. I went, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I've had my time. <laughs> You've had, yeah. But I'm, yeah, I've grown up in an era where my, I'm the Coliseum, you know, <laughs> and I'm like. White people, the Coliseum. Yeah, but my uncles and, and my parents, are like, they're like, they still think they're on the top. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm changing of the guard for them, but they don't get it. But I'm trying to tell them it's okay. We don't have to call the cheese that. And, um, but they're like, this is outrageous. Yeah. And I'm like, it's fine. And they're like, because they're defensive. Is it you saying that? I feel like that generation is defensive because um, they know they're in the wrong, but they're too far into it. Because like, I think the world would be a greater place if you just kind of admit stuff 
like I've said the N-word heaps. Like I have sung along for a long time. Rap music was, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I grew up in Western Australia. I grew up in Perth. We didn't really have these left and rights when I was growing up. And I was just pumping them out, like having a good time, really enjoying it, you know, buying with money the records and you couldn't rip them off the internet. Like I was a fan. And now I go, oh, I can't do that anymore. And it's okay. It's, I'm, no, I'm not a bad person. I've just did my stuff at the time. But I would be a bad person if I said, no, I'm going to do that, that because it's not hurting anyone now that I know. And that's the whole context, right? It's people like, um, you know, of, of my parents' generation. They will say things to me like, you know, about other cultures. They're like, we can say that because, you know, we had one of these people when I grew up and they didn't mind. And it's like, that's not them. That You can't base that entire thing off that. It's okay to not be defensive. It's okay to not be a good person when you don't know. But once you do, that's when you got to change your mindset. Otherwise, you'll get left behind and then you'll be like, the Coliseum's okay when it's not. Mm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I agree. I think uh, you've got to almost make a case. The fact that you don't get it until you, if you got it, you wouldn't do it. So actually, it is a case where they don't actually get it. There's, there's a case of confusion. So if you want to actually be nice about it, you could almost say, no, no, they don't actually fully grasp what is going on. Yeah. I know that's almost giving a clean slate. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely racists in there as well. People who actually think the people are worse, but there's definitely plenty of people who'd like, yeah, just a different time they grew up in and they don't understand how it's changed. And that's understandable in a weird way as well, because that it, doesn't make them evil. No, at all. And, and it's not mutually exclusive. I think it's a case, it's not mutually exclusive, that's what I'm saying. This isn't a broad brush, everyone's involved in this, but I think a lot of the time what people can sometimes, who get too upset about that stuff, which you should if it has any real world, I can understand getting caught up, but like, I think the case where they're not being malicious, they're just being, they just don't understand. Yeah, it's I almost think, like a, a naiveness. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like the classic for me, I think is gay marriage. I feel like that was a very clear generational switch there. And that's like, I don't think any of them, like a lot of them just don't, so they're just like, oh, I just didn't get it. I'm used to, and that's it. Like, as in, and I think if they just hung around like a lot and don't go on, there would be some bigots definitely involved. But what do you think that next issue will be for us of people you love of our trying age? To the future. I, I love it. It's all <laughs> I, I think about. It's amazing because I want to know where I'll be. You know, I'm, I, I plan to live for 130 years. You wow. Know? Okay. Well, I, I think I will. You think you will? 
I think so. How old are you now? I'm 35. Right. So that's 95 to go. And why do you think you will? Uh, I think I'll be crafty on getting like new medical treatments. Right. Because like right now, there's absolutely no evidence. I look forward to proving you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to it. Yeah. Because I think this is why we got to look after the earth as well. Because when they said fine, when we finally trash this joint and they send a thousand people on a ship to Mars to recolonate, like I'm not on it. I'm not getting on it. It's just not me. Like I'm not in the top thousand people of the planet. Right. That's why you got to look after this place. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone who's sitting around here being like, it's fine, we'll go to Mars, isn't going. Because the people that are going, no, we can save it, are going to make it, right? But if you're going to start a new like sort of planet anyway, you need to probably bring some people that are dumb because you can't start a society with all smart people, right? I mean... Who's going to change the sanitary bin? You know, like we need... We can take it in turns, like around the house. Like a roster? Yeah. Everyone's too busy working on like terraforming stuff they're like i'm busy like my work and they'll they'll kill each other because we need we need the top percent of humans right this is what i'm learning from the species needs the bottom part right i think you to tie it back to the book quickly mm. so sapiens he also wrote a sequel oh, i homo, can't wait to get in homo, uh, homo deus, deus yeah. yeah so he kind of goes into this a bit wow okay a little bit like a little bit, he touches. I thought Homer Deus was actually very good, but uh, better. It's different. It's a, it's a, it's, it's more of a history. So this is more a history. So Sapiens is a history of like people and like their place, how these institutions grew over time, and how their mentalities came over time. But uh, Homer Deus is more, I guess, a look at humanism as the philosophy and how that's like impacted our views towards each other and how that's changed and how it's changing right now and how it could change in the future. Interesting. It projects forward some of the stuff that thanks to technology and this philosophy we have now that we can't take for granted that could change completely in another hundred years. The example that he says is like uh, genetic engineering means you can just make people better, arguably. So like before you needed a population that was to do stuff. But the fact is we've got technology advances now, which mean that a large chunk of the population could be potentially redundant because once you get accounting software and all this stuff, like you don't have, so, it's not just physical stuff. It's like every IT stuff as well. Like we're not talking, oh, just the truckies are going to lose. It's like everyone is going to lose their jobs. Like they're going to be redundant. So then if you combine that with genetic engineering, you can quite hypothesize that actually people power is going to disappear in terms of any things. Like any country's actually best way to get ahead would be to focus on just getting five super freak geniuses and then automate their industry and just forget their people. This isn't happening right now, but you've got a potential issue here politically where there's no will anymore to support the people because you don't need them anymore. So obviously- it's a complete change in society. Obviously our financial setup is going to have to go through some really tough times before it goes into some, the next glorious step, I would imagine, right? Because people will stop, let's say they stop working and the tax system of that falls its ass out. Like there's going to have to be a really big sort of tough decision-making process like, you know, when the Roman Empire fell, it was black for a bit, right? It was dark. We're going to have to have, like have a real tough time for a little bit to go to the next glorious step. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe. So you've read history. You love history. Love Do it. Do you have a favorite history? As in uh, period in period? time? Ugh. I like weapons, <laughs> not like using them, but so I like the hilarious arms race of the medieval time where they're like, we've got the little rings and we're going to put lots of rings together. And then they're like, well, great, we'll make little sharp things that go in there. They're like, we'll put more on there until everyone was kind of like a walking sort of tank. And then the gun just made people wear like red hilarious pants. To me, that's quite funny. And I like the, the steps are very clear in that because we're seeing that happen right now in what's happening in the Ukraine. We're seeing the tank become obsolete. 
because it's worth millions of dollars, takes ages to make, and missile technology has come to a point where I know how to use these missiles for my time in the military. I could teach you in an hour, and you can pop out of a window and, like, whack a tank. And it blows it up. And they're becoming death traps with yeah. burning people inside of them. Because you can't even, like, because the technology you don't miss. But no. Yeah. So that's going to happen. Like, make that bigger, and you go, well, what's the other tank variants? Then you go, well, that's the ship Okay, so once that missile becomes, which sort of exists in hypersonic sort of targeting thing, then that balance of power changes. So we're in a period of changing through technology because military technology is the thing that drives for most of our existence things forward, I think. I, I don't know about it. It's just what defines what becomes forward. Yeah, because the power that has it is going to make the rules. And it's, you know, there's the aeroplanes are a really good example of this where war has pushed that forward gigantically. Sort of the Wright brothers going and then when they had trench warfare that like brought it to a standstill and they went, well, if we get these, we invest a lot of time and research and development and competition between rival powers into things. Like we're on Mars now, which is completely like not humans, but like we are sort of, and that is not possible without nuclear weapons. And that technology and going, how do we get these rockets to where we want them? And they're like, they're hand in hand. I don't know. I know that's like the classic thing, but I feel like I think in an actual war, one of the pluses is obviously you've got to focus on it. So you've got resources and stuff going towards it. So in that Definitely sense, focus yeah. On it, yeah. And like, but even the people are scared and they do it. But that's one of the misleading things. I think when people are like, oh, like a military spending, it's the wars are good for a country in terms of makes people work. But it's like only good because something like World War II or World War One there actually was a unified mental focus on it. But like any war now that isn't the same because no one's scared. No one's like actually focusing on it. When I say no one, I do of course mean these completely detached first world countries that don't have to deal with what's going on. So I think straight away that attitude that it focuses on people just isn't there. So it's more just like, yeah, they're just spending a trillion dollars on this stuff. But then you're like, well, we don't have the alternate history where the country's developed enough where we don't, I'm not saying that it doesn't help, but like where then it just went into a whole bunch of different industries and actually support a whole bunch of stuff because... Well, you look at the development of the countries of Japan and Germany post-1945, which weren't allowed to have sort of large, modern, far-ranging like sort of militaries and they became superpowers in different areas. Well, that, that's exactly it. Like, and don't go on, that's because they could piggyback on the technology Correct. done during those times. Yeah. But even then, it's just like the point is, like, firstly, you could easily argue it from a historical perspective that the military industrial complex that came into existence in America, especially due to World War II, was whilst good in a short-term window, you could almost see it now and being like, actually, overall, maybe considering the breadbasket and the amazing country that America was, maybe it wasn't that good from a 50-year perspective. Maybe you take a step back, you're actually like, actually, this probably was not as good as if they didn't do that. Like maybe, and we don't know. Or maybe it's the only thing that could have worked, but like, as in you could be like, there's certain things that were put in place back then where you could very much look at now and be like, this is kind of directly related to that in terms of the way that people are maybe not in as good a position as they would have been. Because we look back on history and do that now. Like uh, our, one of our favorite historians, sort of Dan Carlin, has talked about this when that someone says, uh, yeah, Genghis Khan was good for stuff. And it's like, he says one of my favorite quotes, which is, that's like shooting an arrow and, and writing it and drawing a bullseye around it. Yeah. You know, because that wasn't his intention. He was like, I need to get me some more women. Like it was, it was different. So fast forward the clocks, people are going to write that World War II history about all the good things that came out of it. Mm. Once the emotion is gone. Well, I feel like they kind of do it now as well. Like, but do you, do you think that archaeologists in the future will look through our Instagram pages? I feel like this whole episode is just you being like, do you reckon? <laughs> I've never had this kind of interaction with someone on this show before, but it makes sense with your love of sapiens, yeah. Because I, I think we look back on history now with a grain of salt. 
and we go, hey, Julius Caesar, 2000 years ago, uh, invaded Gaul and he wrote a diary and we have that diary. And, but we got to have a look at it because he's like, yeah, anyway, so I smashed like 300,000 and you're like, it wasn't, it was like 50 and that's fine. You know, we get it. We're doing things online now that aren't quite true. So our great, 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 great grandchildren are going to do their family tree and they're going to get to our part of it. And they're going to look at our social media pages, which I assume will still exist. Will they? I don't know about that. Can you even go on MySpace anymore? I think famous people or historical people's will. Yeah, that's not the same. Definitely not the same. Yeah. But I think there's more chance of our lives being known than a peasant from... Yeah, 100%. Seven, you know. yeah. So people will look through that and they won't know whether it's true or not. They'll be like, oh, at the time it was a trend. They're like, what's a trend? And they're like, it was a thing where you did a weird dance. And it's like, like even our grandchildren will be able to see that. Yeah, but like... Again, there's another one. I've actually done a stand-up bit about this. It's one of those things where everyone's always like, oh, our grandkids aren't going to believe what we're doing, you know, when they look back, you know, at us. And it's like, they're going to be just you again, younger. Like, as in, so they're going to be like, of course you were doing that trend. We're doing that trend now. Like, they're not yeah. going to be confused by any of it. Like, as in, you look at your grandparents now and you're just like, oh, they're a bit stale and stiff. So if anything, your kids are going to just be more of whatever you think you're doing weird is sure. going to be weirder. <laughs> like, isn't like, oh my God, it's going to be so weird. And it's like, no, they're not. They're going to be... Like everyone thought you know, were the fresh ones at the time. Your grandparents were like, oh, we're oh, how crazy is the box step? You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a really great Roman philosopher that essentially wrote this. I can't, don't know who he is, so just trust me. But he wrote this bit that was like, the generation this day is stuffed. Like words to that effect, you know, they don't listen and they're crazy. And like everything that we've done before is, is gone because of this opinion. So that's the march of time just keeps going, right? Just keeps on going. So, and that's what I mean. So even with the forward protection from now, people can fall into that trap even though everyone gets that about the previous one, they don't realize that you're doing it forward as well. Like We are useless, aren't we? Yeah, but they'll know, they'll have the info. They'll, they'll understand it in that sense. And maybe they won't in like long enough where no one remembers anymore, but I mean, probably won't be around. So I think after reading this book, Sapiens, I feel more useless in a great scale. Like in my life now, I feel so compelled to do whatever I want and sort of like challenge myself and keep myself on track and always grow what I'm doing no matter what realm that would be in because I think it doesn't matter. Because I'm like a slave to my species and in 1,000 years I, don't know, I that won't part exist. It doesn't matter. I mean, how do you justify it then? How do you, why does this help you do it? I guess I mean. In which part? What like is how, what? how does knowing that it's all meaningless help you to work harder and try to grow these things? Because I've only got me. Like I'm the only thing that matters, right? And even that doesn't matter. So I can, ha- like, I'm in this, like, frail frame till I'm 130, right? And, and so I got to get 200 years out of it in that time frame, right? I went to Shane Warne's um, funeral the other day. What, so you're actually there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh, My mate got tickets. Yeah. That's a great saying. It was hilarious. No, it was sad. But this guy near sold out the MCG at his funeral. Now, everyone I know put together couldn't sell out their funeral in that matter. Okay. That guy, whether you like sport or not, lived in 52 years, about 180 years worth. Like he just packed it in and like loved it. I would assume. I think books like this remind me that it's not anything. It's all a bit silly. It's such a specific. Like I'm one of 7 billion and I got a pretty good roll of the dice up front. Like I got to go. Otherwise I'm a traitor to this entire thing. You keep switching between like meaning and then not meaning because like, it's like it doesn't mean anything. It's, this, it's one and the same. It's all made up. Well, like think about this on a, on a religious front because I believe I'm an atheist. 
and other people aren't, and that's uh, that's that's completely fine. But whether there is an afterlife or not, it doesn't really matter because if there is, and you are judged by your actions, you got to be good, right? And if there's not, and you only have this time, you got to give it a red hot crack because the after that is just a vast nothingness until you are some form of soil. And that's how I think, that's why I live my life the way it is. Look, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a limb. Sure. Are you afraid of death? No. That's interesting because your views seem to like almost go against that in some ways. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, well, I know you've been in the military. That's why I'm surprised. Like, but your views of like wanting to live so long and you're like concerned about the value of stuff. So that's why I'm actually wondering. No, I wouldn't think I am. No? I don't think I wouldn't, I don't want to die. But have you been confronted with, like, I know you don't have to talk about this, but is there something you actually had to, in terms of the, from the military point of view, was it something you ever had to deal with in front of you? you no, to- I mean, I think I've seen a lot of my friend, this is an interesting fact. Um, so from 2001 to now on active service doing military stuff, 41 people have been killed in action in Australia. Australians, 41 Australians have been killed in action. The number of suicides is 1,257 in the same time, right? Wow. Which is, is that an amazing figure? That's that's I can't believe that doesn't get mentioned more. Uh, there's a royal commission about it right now. So I've seen twelve of my friends commit suicide. What from being in the military and doing what? stuff? Not seen them like, but you know, been, yeah, no, but you've twelve. I've had a lot of weird phone calls, you know. Oh my god! And um, I, when it comes to death, it's like, oh, those people they threw away, they threw it away, um, tragically. Yeah, but they, man, they just. It's gone now. Like you don't have any other options and you've just left your immediate people around you negatively affected. You haven't added anything to it. So I don't think I'm afraid to die. I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky that I chose to do what I wanted to do in life because I don't, I've never been like, oh, is that, is that bridge high enough? You know, like I haven't had that thought and I, I might be lucky. I might have a different genetical wiring that has allowed me to not do that. To not fall into those kind of things yeah because that last little that last 10 minutes must be like crazy or beautiful i'm not sure yeah i don't i wouldn't want to romanticize stuff like that but like uh i think it's more again i think it's it's not clear thinking i don't think it's clear thinking at all like it's a chemical imbalance that's been exacerbated i think like whether you didn't have that big and you've gone through something which traumatized you and then you've just spent obviously maybe things have gone a certain way which has then made that worse that's kind of how i view it imagine there's a green room after you live and the whole of your life was your set. And then everyone that's performed before you is there and you walk out and everyone there goes, how'd you go? And you go, yeah, crushed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is beautiful. And that is beautiful. Yeah, that that is beautiful. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever <laughs> And then there's other people that went out there and they didn't, you know, they didn't have a great set. And they come back out there and then everyone's, they're like, oh, how'd you go? And you're like, oh, they're right. Oh my God, that is, that's pretty good. I like that. That's fun. I don't think this is anything. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. The whole thing is kind of a bit silly. Like the sun will expand one day and, and suck everything that we've done into it. I've got to say, this Sapiens book really did a number on you. <laughs> no, it's the best thing that, it's, it's, it's really, as I said, I love history. I love the fact that some people really nailed it, you know, like whether they wanted to or not, or that was luck, or they just, had the right cards, and we talk about them today. Achilles is a good example of that. Well, so that's it's just thing. a madman, probably. And and when you say nailed it, because even with the Shane Warne comparison you did, I guess he got to be him, right? 
the most he could be. But like you could argue, I mean, he did a lot and had a great time and played cricket, but he wasn't like he had like 16 different things crammed in, you know what I mean? Like as in, yeah. so, so really when you're saying that, you just look at someone who's done, been themselves. He was the best be. chain worn that could ever happen because before that there wasn't such a thing. You know, I don't think I will be remembered and that's fine with me. I'm completely cool with that. Are you cool with that? I mean, I think I'll be remembered for a little bit, like as in with your friends and family who are still alive, unless I'm last. Yeah. But after that, I'm like, who cares? Like, yeah, all right, maybe you're not remembered by your great grandkids, but like. Then what's it about? What's it about? It's about being the best you can be right now. There it is. Yeah. That's the whole thing. You got to like <laughs> every day you got to wake up. You're like, that was a pretty good sleep. Like I just had a really good time and, and then like whoever you're sleeping next to at the time is like, oh, you're talking heaps and you sleep and you're like, I don't remember. Like you just got to have always just, and just try to be a good person about it and like don't just talk shit in the best way where you have fun but you don't like mean anything by it and malice and it's just, it's all going to be okay. The whole thing's fine and the sun will expand and swallow it at the end and it's great. I, I'm really happy to be involved. Okay. I mean, that, that's actually quite a life-affirming sort of attitude. I we should probably just close it off there, I guess. I, I mean, I do comedy as well. But, yeah, no, uh, yeah, we haven't even gone into the comedy It side. doesn't matter because... Um, Look, let's do a quick, uh, from the comedy point of view. Sure. Because we want to finish off soon, I think I do want to go into the comedy side of stuff because your journey from, uh, and I just know this is probably another two hours of talking, but from military to comedy, and that's because it was something you wanted to do with the comedy, obviously. Because I was actually going to, I just realized I was going to talk about the comedy in the perspective of you loving history and whether that impacts your writing and stuff like that. But also I'd like it too. You'd like it to. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm, when I get braver, I'm going to do what I want to do. Because I'm only a little bit, I'm only what, coming up to full five years in. So eventually I'll talk about what I want to talk about. So what do, you, what do you mean by that? Like right now you don't? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing my journey well. And I'm, I need to uh, have credentials in my own self to then really snap them in half of my knee. You know what I mean? To really just go, oh, we're on now. Like, this is fun. Yeah? Yeah, I think, think so. That's the way to do it? Like, so... But there's no way to do it. Yeah. You just do... Like, Shane Warne didn't have a way. He just was the only Shane Warne that was worthy of being Shane Warne. So, just do what you want. i got to say... There's no expect, rules. I expect the Sapiens episode to involve so much talk of Shane Warne. But I, I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. He's a great so, human. He was a great Sapien. But it's funny you say that. So, like, because I will say, and you are probably one of, like, the more... You are a workhorse. You really do the comedy stuff properly. You treat but like what a proper makes you job. say that? Because I just see how hard you do with like finding your own path that can fund you whilst doing this whole career. It's like you do your rule stuff, you go into state and you're doing it all very calculated, it seems like. It's the only the thing way. I want to do. So I got to do it properly. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't have any other time. I'm busy. I got like, I'm going to do this till I'm 129. Like I don't have any other time. There's, I sat down, I think about it all the time because I love it. It brings me absolute joy. I get to have conversations with people like you. That actually, that's not me being like silly. Like that's beautiful. Converse, that's why I live in Melbourne. I only, I only live for conversations and I found that this is the best place to have conversations in the country. If I found a different place, I will move there tomorrow. Like I want to chat <laughs> to dog. people. Just throw us in the bin in a sound. I'm here for this. I'm here. I like doing what I do. I've found something that I genuinely enjoy. I did a whole bunch of stuff I didn't. I'm really happy that I did that. I wouldn't change anything about my life. It's been full of heartache, pain and beautiful times. And now I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm really objectively going, well, how do I do this? Not only better, but where's the next challenge? Like I need to, because yeah, I watched a set of mine like that I did three years ago and where I had gone, that's a good set. And I'm really glad I filmed it. I look back on it now, it was horrible. It was disgusting because my perspective, my, I changed. 
I can't wait to like see stuff I'm doing now that I hate. That well, means you, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's always a lot of people say that. And I always find it interesting because I'm like, did you? Do you mean because like I definitely think that with some of the stagecraft elements, which you see when you're earlier on, just that you're like, oh man, it's so obvious now. Like just the way I'm breathing, the way I'm moving, the way I'm putting likes in and stuff like that. That's I always think with that. But with the material, all of the time, just like ah. Oh, like it's good. It's just like not quite there. Like I, it's very rare where I look back and I'm like, oh, you absolute, that is terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in, it's disgusting. Like it makes you feel uncomfortable. Stagecraft, I do think that, but like with the uh, other stuff. But comedy's fun. Not that like, I'm great. I'm just like, the ideas, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm just not good enough for that, but I'm not like. Comedy's amazing. I mean, I think I've always said sex is, sex is really fun and drugs are wicked, but comedy, there's nothing like that. It's the only thing that, it's the only time you're in the moment in life for myself. And like you sometimes, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you'll be saying something on stage and your mind will be loading the next bit in like a magazine out of a weapon. And you can also go, well, I didn't say that last part. So I know that callback's not going to work. So I'm going to do this thing, but you're still talking. And then you can see someone in the audience that's really, and you were just hovering above yourself by like a millimeter. It's almost still when the audience is the silence between the laughs. You know, like whenever, when you're doing really well and it, it happens one in a hundred times when it's like going so well that you can hear the laughs, but it's the bit that they're waiting for the next laugh. And in that is, is like pure stillness. It's like a pond in a cave and it's just delicious. And I love comedy so much, but if I find something in next week that's even better, I will never do it again. And I'll be like, I'm a skydiver now. That's, I will abandon it and betray it and I will change all of my socials to like Jared the Skydiver and I will keep going. I guess nothing means anything, so that's fine. Yeah, just find the this meaning you the, want. one of the most enjoyable conversations that doesn't mean anything I've ever had. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. well, I really like your mind. Okay, well, look, we're going to have to close it off there. I've enjoyed it a lot as well. It's been very interesting. I didn't even, like, we could have gone, the stuff you learned in the military and how that applied to your comedy and stuff like that. Eh, people can assume. Let them draw their own inferences. It's fine. Do you want to give any shout outs to anything about what you're doing and stuff for audience to follow? No, I want to give a shout out to the whole thing. I think, like, over the last couple of years, we haven't been able to do anything. And if you like going and catching up and doing book clubs, just do that. If you like jazz, like, go do that. Like, don't go see me. Go see what you want to see or go see something that you haven't seen. I don't know. Like, just go do it. It doesn't... Don't worry about me. I'm, I'm not, I don't mean anything. Go live. I don't mean anything. So don't... Be you. <laughs> and that's all. So if you've, if you've listened and you've enjoyed, I'm happy for that. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Cheers, Jared. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you can have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.